includes both the central role of Russia in the world, but also the way in which the Russian experience highlights many of the important themes one thinks about in trying to understand the modern world. Uh, and finally, no less part of the value of understanding and studying Russian history is uh, its compelling qualities uh, as a human story, a story of individual human lives. And third, I'd like to offer a roadmap uh, of where we're going uh, in this course, an outline of its entire uh, shape, of the people, uh, the events uh, we'll be looking at, uh, and the important uh, ideas and themes that we'll be thinking about. First, a very brief word about myself. I teach Russian history at the University of Illinois. Uh, where I'm uh, a director of an interdisciplinary program called the Russian and East European Center. Uh, before teaching at Illinois, I taught at Harvard and Yale. Uh, in addition to teaching uh, both undergraduates and postgraduate students, I'm also the author of a number of books uh, on the history of modern Russia. Um, a study, for example, of relations between employers, managers, and workers uh, in the 19th and early 20th centuries a book about Tsar Nicholas II, the last Tsar, the last emperor of Russia, uh, and his family uh, during the revolution, including his tragic death. Uh, a book about what ordinary Russians, workers and peasants and soldiers, for example, thought and felt uh, during the 1917 uh, revolution, the same revolution that toppled Nicholas II. Uh, and finally, most recently, a book uh, that uses poetry and other creative writings, literary uh, writings, uh, by lower-class Russians, ordinary Russians living in cities, uh, during the years before and after the 1917 revolution, uh, as a way of getting at people's uh, feelings and ideas about the world which they were experiencing, late Imperial Russia and early Soviet Russia. Now, as this brief description of my scholarly work might suggest, I'm especially interested as a historian and as a teacher uh, in people's lives uh, and experiences, which means not just what happened uh, in the past, not just why things happened in the past, the history, in other words, is a series of events to explain, though this is important, but also how people acted uh, in the past, and most importantly, how they made sense of their lives, including in the long stretches of history uh, between important events. And this is the history that I intend to bring you uh, in these lectures, a history of ideas, a history of individuals, a history of experiences, of thoughts, uh, even as much as possible uh, of feelings. A history in many ways uh, of rich complexity uh, as well as what might seem to be the normal ordered course uh, of events. This isn't to say one isn't needing to keep in mind the sort of larger structure uh, of, of history, the main events, uh, the main trends. These framed people's lives, people's uh, experiences. Uh, also, we need to talk about groups, not just individuals, and institutions, uh, not just uh, ideas. But my focus is on the things that really give all of that structure uh, life, on individuals and ideas, uh, experiences. Frankly, I have to admit, it's not, at least I don't think it's really very difficult to make Russian history uh, compelling uh, and alive. It is interesting and compelling in so many uh, ways. Its size alone uh, marks Russia out as something uh, significant uh, and important to understand. Uh, to be sure, it's worth noting this is a modern greatness, a modern bigness uh, of Russia. Uh, as late as the early 16th century, Russia was, Russia was actually still a relatively small uh, nation. Uh, what was then called Muscovy, because this was the, the state 
uh, and the lands that were built up by the Moscow Grand Princes, who soon called themselves uh, czars, this 16th century state uh, was basically concentrated in the northern forests and plains of Eastern Europe, uh, surrounded on the west by a large uh, and powerful Polish-Lithuanian state, on the east and on the south by uh, Mongol kingdoms, which were no longer as strong as they once were, uh, but still nonetheless uh, threatening, and in the north uh, by uh, the threatening and powerful uh, Swedish kingdom with whom Russia would eventually go uh, to war more than once. At the same time, while this is a small state surrounded in many ways by powerful uh, neighbors, though some of them weakening uh, over time, this small 16th century state had very few, if any, natural boundaries, natural physical uh, boundaries. In many ways, this was a nation sitting in the midst of an open plain. Not surprisingly, in the coming centuries, this country, especially as it aspired to be a powerful force,